0: This article in the August-September issue of Bassmaster Magazine is Bass Basics, and it's written by Don Worth. The proven patterns for fall bass during the early fall, the mid-fall, and the late fall. The three faces of fall. Fall bassing can be challenging due to changing lake temperatures, fluctuating water levels, and constantly moving bait fish elite series pros consistently locate and catch bass during the weeks between summer and winter by viewing fall not as one season but rather as three transitional seasons each with its own mix of cover structure and forage variables use their know-how to get on bass and stay on them throughout all three seasons of autumn during the early fall as the lake begins to cool and bass gradually vacate their deep summer locales on the main lake and head into shallower tributaries and coves, they'll hold around scattered wood, rock, and weed cover as well as docks and using these vantage points to ambush shad. If the summer was relatively dry, water clarity may be extreme now, necessitating the use of smaller lures like finesse worms and quarter ounce crankbaits. During the midfall, large numbers of baying fish will move into creek arms and coves, prompting more aggressive feeding by bass. Wolf packs of bass will start following shad schools, eventually herding them into shallow water where the classic feeding frenzies take place. Topwater stick baits and chuggers, as well as fast moving lipless crankbaits can provide fast action now. Seasonal reservoir drawdown will force bait fish and bass to exit the backs of creeks and coves for the deeper water and during the late fall as lake temperatures drop into the 50s bass in clear rocky highland lakes will suspend off tributary points and bluff banks in 25 to 50 feet of water and they'll move shallower on windy days and will hit jerk baits and swim baits In shallow murky flatland lakes bass will relate strongly to a shallow wood and rock cover near deep drop-offs and will gorge on crawfish. Square bill crankbaits and jigs should provoke the strikes. Where to cast. Fall fishing success requires paying close attention to the changing lake levels and water temperatures and clarity and the bait fish movements. Here are three patterns to try as autumn progresses. In the rising water, an early fall or gully washer causing a sudden rise in water level will often prompt bass that were holding tight to cover to feed more aggressively. Rattling square bills and hard throbbing spinner baits retrieved around docks and lay downs will trigger the strikes. In the mud banks, as the cooling water and lake drawdowns move bass out of the backs of the shallow creeks and coves toward deeper water, in the shallow mud banks, close to the creek and cove mouths that are harboring crawfish, try a jig or square bill here for an autumn lunker. And by late fall, at the ends of the bluffs, bass and clear highland lakes will suspend around bait fish schools and deep tributary arms. And the end of long channel bluffs are primary feeding areas now. Jig a spoon or twitch a jerk bait when it starts to get windy. It's possible to catch bass anywhere from the surface to 50 feet deep in fall, so it pays to be prepared with the right gear. Here is an awesome assortment of goodies for autumn outings. This is The Shopping List. The Jackal TN Lipless Crankbait. Unlike ordinary lipless cranks, the Jackal TN features an innovative weighted tungsten mouth that causes this noisy lure to stand nose down when it hits bottom and balances the bait during slow enticing retrieves. You can check it out at jackal-lures.com. The Booyah Prank Crankin' Popper. Now this is cool, a multi-function lure combining features of a surface popper and a shallow running crankpate. The prank can be popped on top when bass are schooling or rooted just below the surface to target those lazy lunkers. Check it out at BooyahBaits.com. The Picasso Tungsten Little Spotty. The tungsten head of this premium finesse jig Is 40% smaller than lead jig heads of comparable weight, allowing little spotty to slither through thick brush and limbs where Big Mama lurks. It comes in three sizes and eight colors. Check it out at PicassoOutdoors.com. The Abu Garcia Zada. This new spinning reel from Abu is perfect choice if you are facing the finesse conditions. The Zada SP20 features 11 bearings and a 6 to 1 gear ratio, bringing in 31 inches per turn of the handle. The silky drag maxes out at an impressive 14 pounds. You can check out the Abu Garcia Zada at abugarcia.com. The Northland Critter Crawl. This pre-rigged weedless crawl comes in four sizes and eight colors. Its unique paddle claw design allows its elongated pinchers to float up realistically at rest, then wobble outward enticingly when hopped. It's deadly when fall rainstorms turn the lake muddy. You can check it out at NorthlandTackle.com. And last but not least on the shopping list, the Daiwa Lexa 300. The Daiwa's popular Lexa 300 baitcasting reels have been redesigned and upgraded to feature the brand's ultimate tournament drag system, infinite anti-reverse, and custom wind grip handles for extra cranking power. They're available in 631 and 711 retrieve ratios. You can check them out at Daiwa.com. this month's quick tips in Bassmaster Magazine. Elite Series Pro Wes Logan suggests a rapid drop in surface temperature often kickstarts an active fall bass bite. It triggers schooling activity in clear lakes. Try running points with a walking topwater bait for explosive surface action and in murky lakes pound shallow cover with a spinner bait, a buzz bait, or a square bill. Elite Series Pro Cliff Prince suggests in fall Wolf packs of one to two pounds will chase shad schools on big flats and will hit a lipless crankbait. They're fun to catch, but for bigger fish, move to the first drop off adjacent to the flat and drag a Carolina rig worm or a football jig. Elite Series pro Brian Schmidt, he says that fall bass can be really spooky when they're schooling on top. Rather than race in close to the surfacing fish, I'll stay as far away from the school as possible and make extra long casts with an oversized topwater plug or a fluke-style bait on a light spinning gear. An Elite Series Pro, Bill Widler. Fall factoid. Find the bait and you'll find the bass. Head for the backs of the big tributary pockets, scan for suspended bait schools, and watch for bait fish flipping on top. The bait will move out during drawdown and hold around isolated cover on the banks. Triple Threat by David A. Brown, senior writer. Fall in line for transitioning bass. As the days get shorter and the temperatures drop, bass start feeding like crazy. Here are three ways to take advantage of the feasting. Your water type is an early fall transition on a southern reservoir. Your water temperature is low to mid 70s. Your clarity is one foot, depth is five to 20 feet, structure is points, drop offs, bridges, and riprap. Cover is grass, pads, cypress trees, and lay downs. Your forage is shad and bluegill. Weather cool to partly cloudy. Your wind is a calm morning, become breezy throughout the midday. Experts are a trio of Elite Series pros, explain how they approach this early fall period. Number one, find the food. Bernie Schultz from Gainesville, Florida. His first move, knowing that fall is gorging time, Schultz will start his day by locating the groceries. My first consideration is, where is the bait? Wherever the shad or herring are, that's where I wanna be. Some of the places I'll be looking are the backs of creeks and long, tapering main lake points, and maybe free roaming schools of bait in areas with some current flow, natural, or wind-generated. Baits and tackle to use. His first bait is a topwater Rapala skidder V or a Hildebrandt squeaky easy buzzbait. Schultz's second bait is a shallow crankbait like a DT4 or a DT6 in shad patterns. The angle and boat position. Stressing the wisdom of non-intrusive approaches for shallow fall fish, Schultz suggests generous spacing. I prefer to use a lengthy cast to keep some distance between me and the fish. What to key on? Schultz notes the importance of a thorough approach based on trying several baits and techniques. Subtle changes can keep a bite going or trigger one to start. Dale Hightower from Manford, Oklahoma will take more of a hard-headed approach. His first move, Hightower favors creeks in the fall, but he guards against the limitations of one-dimensional thinking. As he points out, Shad probably account for the majority of fall forage on southern reservoirs, but Hightower knows the bass seeking to fill their bellies aren't picky, so checking riprap banks where crawfish also bound is time well spent. The baits and tackle to use for calm mornings, Hightower selects a 3-8-ounce Black Booyah Buzzbait. For later in the day, especially if the wind increases, he goes with a 3-ounce White Chartreuse War Eagle Spinnerbait with a Willow Leaf Blade and a Red Colorado Kicker Blade. His angle and boat position, Hightower likes riprap close to bridges, creeks, and channels along with the wind-blown flats. In either case, he wants to be right on the break where he makes a 45-degree cast. And what to key on? Sometimes, when I'm throwing a spinnerbait, I'll change gear ratios. I'll use a 5-3-1 early in the morning and then speed up to a 7-1 later in the day when the wind picks up. Pads and Points Tyler Carrier, he's from Youngsville, Louisiana. His first move is channeling his southern Louisiana background. Carrier is going to start on the pads where he's confident he can get the ball rolling with a couple of good bites. I like the pads that lay flat on the water because they usually have more depth below them and I'll look for some that have a creek swing into them. The baits and tackle to use, for the pads he likes a spro popping frog. For the points, Carrier selects a quarter-ounce white strike king toad buzz and black for overcast skies. His angle and a boat position. I try to head right at the point. That way I can throw right down the sides of the point and bring the bait right through the strike zone parallel to the bank. And what to key on? Carrier looks for isolated rocks, stumps, or laydowns on his points. Fish magnets that provide high percentage casting targets electronics play an obvious role, but he'll weed out his opportunities with visual recon. Structure on the bank implies the same below the surface. This is Back Deck by Brian Brasher, Executive Editor. Always fear the closers. Back in May of 2002, I was covering the Bassmaster Tour event, during the pre-Elite Series days on Lake Eufaula. And they had just finished a day three weigh-in when another rider remarked to me that it looks like Ron Sheffield may actually win this thing. And while it was true Sheffield seemed to be hitting a stride in the tournament, I cautioned my fellow scribe to be wary of Missouri legend Denny Brower in fourth place. At pro bass fishing, Brower is what I always refer to as a closer. Him being in fourth place going into the final day was equivalent of a hungry fox lurking around the hen house. He wasn't worried about what others were doing or anything bad that might happen. He was concentrating with deadly focus on the tasty reward sitting just past that flimsy chicken wire. The next day, he slammed the door shut on his 13th career victory with Bass Angler Sportsman Society. I couldn't help but think of Brower after day three weigh-in at the Bassmaster Elite Series event held on Lake Champlain July 30th through August 2nd. New York Hammer Jamie Hartman had led all three days and seemed poised to claim his second win in his home state in as many years, but there in fourth place sat Brandon Palinuick. Closer alert. Even though it was one of the tightest championship Sunday fields ever on the Elite Series, I told Bassmaster senior writer David Brown Saturday, my money was on Palinuic. Like there are some guys you don't want making eyes at your girlfriend, and some guys you don't want to leave alone with your wallet. There are some guys you just don't want three spots back of you in a major professional bass tournament going into the final day. And Palinuic is one of those guys. And sure enough, on Sunday, he recorded the fourth victory of his young career with Bass Angler Sportsman Society. Closers have a different makeup. They're dangerous in that spot, more because of what they don't do. Closers don't get rattled, just as Palo didn't when he trailed the first two days of the 2017 Elite Series event on Sam Rayburn before recording a career-changing win. Closers don't panic just as Palin Newick didn't when he was struggling to slam the door on an Angler of the Year title at the final 2017 Elite Series event on Lacs. He got back on track with a six-pound smallmouth he seemed to be expecting all along. Many have worn the closer moniker. Young pro Jordan Lee seemed destined to claim his first Elite Series win in 2016 after three days at Cayuga Lake, but lurking two places behind him was eventual winner, Kevin Van Dam. Closer. Rick Clune blew people's minds with a 31-pound bag on day three of the 2016 Elite Event on St. John's River. Then, with every eyeball in the fishing world focused on him and wondering if a man in his 70s could finish the deal, he responded with 19 pounds and sealed his 15th career victory. Closer. So remember, the next time you think someone has a tournament locked up with one day left, be sure to scan the standings just beneath them. There may be a fox lurking around the hen house who will still have something to say about it before the scales are closed.